uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to our regular Out Loud Cisco podcast. As usual, I am lucky to be joined by Cisco expert and fellow cricket fan, Jonathan George from Meeting Zone. Jonathan runs me through all the news and updates in the world of Cisco collaboration. We are approaching the end of the financial year for Cisco, so we discuss the latest feature update and speculate on what might be revealed once they begin their new fiscal year. Have a listen. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you this morning? I'm well, Patrick. And you? Very well, thanks. Enjoying the fabulous British summer we've had so far. How about you? It's been a bit hot and sweaty, hasn't it? But I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a great believer that we shouldn't complain about these things because we complain when it's too hot and then we complain when it's raining. And so, uh, you know, good to have that, that weather for the past what seems like months now. I'm absolutely with you. We should we should never complain because before we know it, it'll be snowing again. <laughs> so take take full advantage of the heat. We're, we're here for our, our Cisco update uh, on WebEx Teams and, and the Cisco collaboration platforms. Has it been a hot and sweaty few weeks at Cisco? Well, I think so. This this period at Cisco generally is a, is a quiet time, particularly from a, a, a sort of sales perspective, because the end of July is Cisco's um, financial year end. So um, they're yet to announce their uh, their fiscal year results. I guess that will happen in the next few days. Um, so we don't know what type of year they had, um, but we'll wait. We'll wait to see with that with interest. So typically around this this period, then. Cisco's thoughts turn to what they would term FY19, as in the, the forthcoming financial year, you know, how they're going to structure the business, any reorganizations, leadership changes, lots of stuff like that, that going on. Of course, from a, a product perspective, that, you know, that continues to, to, to roll on, the, the iterations and development that, that are going on. But again, you know, we're in the middle of the holiday season. So, uh, you know, I've, I've had two weeks off, nice week down in Cornwall. So, you know, it, it's the holiday season. So, yes, it's probably hot and sweaty from a weather point of view. But, you know, in terms of a new news headline grabbing type of thing, things are just just progressing. And we can talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that have happened um, over the past month, really to, to consolidate that meeting experience. Yeah, you were explaining to me before when we were doing the prep that it it's all still about and and it's a good focus from Cisco in, in terms of improving the the user experience and that and that functionality and continue continuity within continuity that's how you actually say it continuity with within the platform yeah that's i think where you know for a while now we've had this this Cisco's focus back on that how do we make the meeting experience the best we possibly can? How do we get rid of this confusion between is it a WebEx Teams meeting or is it a WebEx meeting? So basically, it becomes just a meeting experience wherever you happen to, to launch it from, however you happen to join it. Um, and how do we make that meeting experience, really modernize that, that meeting experience? In terms of there are there have been some updates in terms of the audio expansion. Is that, is that from within WebEx Teams? Yeah, well, it's it's the WebEx platform itself. So it's actually the biggest PSTN expansion that I've seen in WebEx for a while. Um, it was announced a while ago. Um, I think it's probably worth, worthy of mention on here in the sense that um, that completed around about early August um, for both new and existing customers. So if you're a 
Um, if you're a new customer, you've got this increased expansion, if you like. If you're an existing customer, obviously, it takes them some time to, to roll that out to, uh, to existing customers. They've now, or well, they now should have, have completed that. If you have the right, you know, audio package, then you'll now have, you know, access to 45 toll countries, 72 toll-free countries. Callback countries goes up by two um, to 198. The, the, the key callback countries being Saudi Arabia and, and UAE have been added. Um, so that's quite a, a, a massive expansion in terms of that reach of WebEx to countries that, that they previously didn't service. So, you know, in a previous iteration, I was, I was actually a customer of Cisco and, and used WebEx. You know, you wouldn't believe the amount of headaches that I had uh, because uh, Cisco didn't provide a number in the Philippines or Vietnam. Um, those types of, of countries are now now appear on on that list. So, I think that's a you know it's worthy of mention. Uh, it now means that if you're a WebEx customer, you know people can join your WebEx meetings from pretty much you know via PSTN pretty much around the globe. And then of course there's always the VoIP option and everything else, subject to in-country restrictions around the usage of VoIP. And like you said, it's, it's maybe not the most exciting piece of news, but it's absolutely critical for businesses who market in a in a global world. You need to be able to communicate with with everywhere effectively. Yeah, and you, what you don't want is if I'm I'm the host of that WebEx meeting that I invite you to my WebEx meeting, and you're in some country somewhere that doesn't have a you know a toll or a toll free number. And then you're, you know, I don't think it creates a very good customer impression that says, oh, we'll just dial this this UK number. Well, hang on a minute, is your you're inviting me to your meeting, and now you're making me, you know, make an international phone call. You know, and I might be on the call for an hour, two hours, or whatever. Obviously, call back was a way of, of mitigating that, but I think it's just about making sure that we make the meetings as easy as possible to join from wherever people are. And again, you've heard me say it before, you know, whatever device they're on, whatever network they're on, whatever, um, uh, you know, whatever they have in hand at that time, just join, it's just a meeting. Yeah, and that, that that simplification can continues on our theme in terms of the the the, the modernisation of, of the of the view and meeting experience. Yeah, so that's the I guess that's the real big news, and, and that's something I personally have been waiting for, for for a long time. The the Cisco I think completed most of their cluster upgrades as of last Friday. Um, so uh, we now, when you join a WebEx meeting, you get what I, t I would term, you know, the, and, and Cisco terms this modern experience now, where, where historically, you know, when you joined a WebEx meeting, you had this big area of, of, of white space screen real estate on the left-hand side that was where content would appear if any content was shared. Well, in this day and age, yeah, sure, you're probably sharing content during your meetings, but most of the time you want the, that video first experience. So you, you, you want to see and hear people, not necessarily content sharing becomes a, a thing you do afterwards. That WebEx client interface was really looked like that because of the heritage of WebEx. WebEx was originally a, a content, a web content sharing tool, and video was added to it later. But, you know, for many years now, joining a WebEx meeting, big load of white space on the left-hand side and video almost like as a second-class citizen hidden away up in the top right. As of Friday, you now join a, a WebEx meeting. It's very much video first. Sure, you can do content share 
and you can change the view. Is it a video-centric meeting? Is it a content-centric meeting? There are options within the client now to optimize that experience. But when you join the meeting, it's very much video first. Um, and I think that's, a, that's an amazing change that Cisco have made, really to, to, to create that meeting experience that people now expect, right? Rather than, okay, I've got to go into this meeting, I've got this big area of content, I don't really want that, I want to, you know, I've got to go and click and maximize my video because I want a, a video call. Um, and related to that is this whole, um, what I guess people term the Brady Bunch or Hollywood Squares type view, that if you've got a meeting with, with lots of people on it, what I want to be able to see is I want to be able to see everybody's facial expressions and reactions as, as, I, as I'm talking, just as if I was sitting around the table with them. So now there's this grid view. You can have up to a, a five by five view of, of people in that meeting. So I can now be talking and actually, you know, look at the screen in front of me and see people's reactions. You know, and they've, they've gauged, you know, are they understanding what I'm saying? Are they agreeing with what I'm saying? Are they disagreeing? And maybe address that. And again, you know, we don't need to talk about the benefits of, of that visual experience in a meeting. They're well known. Um, but it really just makes sure that that's really front and center now with, with that WebEx experience. We were talking before about how Cisco's attitude may have changed slightly in terms of agility and reaction to feedback. And is that something that's been led out of, because there's a lot of competitor products that, that do, as you said, the, the video focused. Is that a reaction to competition and feedback that they've been having from customers? I think it, it, it just shows that that they're listening and, and, and they've got this, you know, hugely successful brand of, of WebEx with, you know, whatever the market share percentage is, you know, however many billions of minutes they do per month and, and millions of, of, of attendees, you know, it just shows that they're not resting on their laurels and going, well, we could just sit here and, and just leave that experience as it is. You know, there are lots of competitors in the marketplace, they need to listen to what customers want. They need to react to those, those what the competitors are doing and, and really make sure that they leverage that heritage and, and investment they've got there with WebEx. And, and that's really what they're doing. And uh, I think that's, you know, one could argue 12, 18 months ago, there was this big, huge focus on, you know, on Teams and what was then called Spark. And so to some degree, WebEx got you know, got a little bit left out in the cold. It's great to see that that emphasis change back, and to see that that modern experience really, you know, come um, front and center with with WebEx now. Um, and they are, you know, they're absolutely listening to the feedback of, from customers. So there were some changes that were going to be made in the in the Teams client to how they were doing activities and how you get access to other things within that team space, like whiteboarding. Um, and they were going to change the the, the UX, the, the user experience of that. Uh, and we're about to release it. Uh, and in fact, it was released, I think, into the into the web client. And then they got some feedback from various channels, um, some of which I'm in, but you know, that the actually said, well, we're not quite sure about this. And they've they've reacted to that, and I've actually gone, mm, hang on a minute, maybe we need to go back and rethink this and look at what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve and how best we can deliver that through the user experience. And I think that's that's to Cisco's credit to 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 be listening to that feedback and reacting in a very agile way to that rather than, no, 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 we were going down this path, we've written the code, it's going to be released, and okay, we might back it out in six months' time, but you know, it's too late to, to back it out now. Now they're, they're really listening to that feedback and acting on that very, very quickly. 
And part of that modern philosophy around around the platform is something that you've mentioned before in terms of the democratization of, of the meeting space within WebEx. Yeah, so I th and this is back to this, is it a WebEx meeting or is it a, a, a Teams meeting? Now, you know, if I'm in a, the WebEx Teams environment, we create a space, we invite people who could be inside our company or outside the company. Now, because I created that space, I effectively become the meeting sponsor for that space. What that means is that that meeting experience is going to be delivered by the WebEx platform. But it means that because I've, I'm effectively the meeting sponsor, is that now that any meetings held in that space are delivered by the WebEx platform as as a result of, if you like, my paid subscription to, to WebEx. So it means that the host no longer has to be there. Obviously, I will see, because I'm in the space, when a meeting is happening there, and that sort of mitigates the, the, the concern that, that Cisco have already had around this fraud issue about, you know, well, hang on a minute, how do we make sure that if I'm the host of the meeting, nobody's having the meeting on my dollar, you know, effectively that they're, you know. Um, so now I can have that meeting in that, that space. I'm the meeting sponsor, but I don't have to be there for every meeting. So you and I, for example, are in, you know, in a space where we discuss these podcasts. You could have a meeting with, with Rob or any of your other, other colleagues using the, the platform that's tied to that space. Um, I would obviously see those meetings are going on. But now you could have that meeting, not only that, Guest access can join, so other people who are not in the space can join the meeting. They can join via audio only. There's the capability to record the meeting, just as you would be able to do with a normal WebEx meeting. So this 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 merging and this convergence of uh, it's just a meeting. I don't care whether it's a meeting in a team space or it's a WebEx meeting. It's effectively the same the same meeting delivered by the same platform. Absolutely, and it's quite a. It's quite a, a modern philosophy, that, isn't it, to, to open this up? And we wouldn't have seen this necessarily historically or traditionally, where the providers tend to be a bit more closed off about the platforms. I, I mean, again, when I was a, a, a customer of Cisco, I had a, a, a very long and heated debates with, with certain people at Cisco, particularly in the, in the product group, about this host model. You know, WebEx has grew up with this host model. You know, to, to be able to, to host a WebEx meeting, you have to have be a WebEx host, and to be a WebEx host, you have to have a license. You don't have, nobody has to have a license to join that meeting, but they have this host model was very much central to everything they, they did. You know, when the host leaves, they choose whether to end the meeting. The host has all the ability to, you know, to mute people, to expel people, and, and only the host, you know, could start the meeting or open it up. And, and you can see why that, that was there. But I think as you move into this Teams environment, the idea being, well, look, I'm going to, we're going to create this space because we want to get stuff done, and there's going to be meetings where I'm not, I'm either not required, not needed, can't make it, or whatever. But they still need to get stuff. The team still needs to get stuff done. So just let them have a meeting, and that's really where that. So it's it's softening that host approach, but doing it in a way that doesn't just say, oh, well, just open it up and anybody can join at any time or whatever, because it's obviously tied to that space where, where people are working together. I think it's a, it's a really, you know, really good way of, of being able to deliver that and retain some control over, hang on a minute, who's joining this meeting, who's paying for it, you know, in terms of paying for the license, effectively, in, in terms of hosting it. Um, but I think that's a, it's a really good thing to just say. At the end of the day, technology needs to get out of the way and we need to give technology to people to enable them to get stuff done. And that's really what I think we're seeing now. Absolutely. And in terms of, there's some other updates as well, in terms of the amount of the device support as well. 
Yeah, so originally when, you know, when um, Spark as it then was, WebEx Teams came out, you know, if you were in a, a, a space, and indeed with, with WebEx and, and CMR, their collaboration meeting room um, offering, it used to be that it would support up to 25 video endpoints joining, joining that meeting. Um, and that's all included in the price. There wasn't, an, uh, you know, some of uh, competitive products charged for that as an add-on. Um, this is it. It was all included in the in the price. It was single meeting experience joined with up to 25 video endpoints, which might seem like a a, a big number. And well, how we're not going to have 25 rooms joining this thing? But increasingly, you're seeing things like the Teams client or video endpoint, personal video endpoints, like I've got a DX70 sitting on my desk at home, would join these meetings. They're classed as a video endpoint. So that 25, you could see how you could rapidly use those slots up. That 25 has in increased from uh, to 75, and most recently is now up to 100. So I can now have up to 100 SIP H323 video endpoints joining that meeting experience, all included in the price. Um, that, that we have already. And you'll see that number increase. And that really, again, shows how Cisco are investing in that back-end infrastructure, making sure they've got the capacity to be able to host that number of, you know, video endpoints joining a meeting, which typically, you know, required lots of compute and resource and bandwidth and everything else to, to make happen. And it really shows, I think, how they're optimizing that experience and now able to offer that, you know, 100, point, 100 endpoints into a meeting. You know, in the very near future, you'll see that double. And we've been looking at bi-weekly iterations and updates on WebEx and WebEx Teams. That, that from now, is going to move to, to monthly updates. Is, is that anything to do with financial year-end, or is that just what's the reasoning behind moving that to monthly? I think just that they're um, looking at it from a, a user point of view, and, and actually, you know, there's a certain level of change that users can accept. You know, I think we we're now in an environment where people, you know, you, you download, you pick up your phone, there's like 400 app updates, and you just go, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll update all. I think there's a there's a level if you look at it in the in the business world. IT get a bit nervous about change. Users don't necessarily like change. You know, I, I log in one day and it looks like this, and I log in the next day and it looks like this, and ooh. ooh. So there's a, there's a level of, of preparation that needs to be done there. And, and Cisco were um, previously doing these biweekly updates to Teams. Um, again, I think listening to user feedback, listening to some of the um, concerns that have been raised, they've decided that as of October that will move to a monthly cadence, and that probably makes makes sense. That allows people time to prepare users to get their internal communications out to make sure that nobody's surprised that you don't get that negative experience of somebody you know I logged in on Friday and it looked like this and I log in on Monday and oh my word it looks like this and now I don't actually know how to use it and then I get a negative experience and then I pick up the phone and raise a ticket to IT and you know that creates a whole load of, of headaches so I think that extending that cadence whilst you want the you know we don't want to go back to two releases a year where we have to wait for things to happen. You know, we want this cadence of, of, of functionality delivered as and when it's ready, but let's, you know, maybe strike a balance between, okay, how much change can the user and, and the customer accept versus making sure we get the latest and greatest in the hands of people as soon as possible. Yeah, from an enterprise or any business perspective, that's it just improves the manageability piece, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, and and it gives. I think just think it gives people a little more time to understand. A understand what's coming. B work out. Okay, what does that mean to us? And then C communicate that to their user base. Well, so as you said, but the next time we speak, we will have seen Cisco's uh, 
financial report, annual report, which is always a fascinating read, I find. <laughs> we'll have seen that. And also there will have been, uh, and you were explaining before about, about Cisco GSX event, which which I hadn't I hadn't been aware of before. Yeah, which which only really affects anybody who works for Cisco. So uh, and and who works in a sales function at Cisco. So uh, so every year Cisco take their their global sales force off for effectively the a kickoff for their new financial year. So that's known as GSX. It's the global sales experience uh, that happens next week in in Las Vegas, um, a place I know um, close to your heart, Patrick. Number of conferences and things you've you've been out there. Um, Obviously, the you know, given uh, I I can't hazard a guess at how many global sales people there are at Cisco, but it's not a small number. So they'll go to Vegas next week. They'll hear, you know, from the leadership team. There'll be a lot of uh, discussing, a lot of of uh, shall we say networking going on, um, you know, in preparation for really you know, invigorating that sales force as, as they enter their new financial year. So um, uh, we'll wait to see what the the what happens out of that in terms of what comes out of that in terms of announcements and things that can be made public. Typically, they do save up some some announcements that, that are announced internally at GSX that we, as the public and as partners, sort of see a little later on. So um, I'll be keeping a close eye with some of my Cisco contacts to see uh, see if there's anything exciting out of GSX that we're able to share. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It, it's all about getting that messaging on point, isn't it, for Apple? And they, and they, I'm assuming the global sales force, as you said, I'm sure there's a, a lot of networking that that goes on there. That that messaging has to be prepared for that financial year before we hear it. So potentially yeah. there will be there will be quite a lot of news coming out of that. Yeah, and and it'll be you know it isn't just collaboration. It'll be across the architectures, you know, across Cisco's businesses as, as they look to to structure their business for the for the next financial year. Well, I will look forward very much to that. Well, Jonathan, as always, thank you so much for taking us through all the updates uh, for Cisco Cisco Summer. Absolute pleasure, Patrick. And, uh, you know, next time we'll be able to um, to revisit the uh, the cricket, as we always do, you know, in terms of uh, we, it wouldn't be our pod course if we didn't mention uh, the, the cricket result of yesterday. So uh, England 2-0 up, uh, up in the series. So that's uh, that's exciting. So we'll be able to talk about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we will also be launching our, our separate cri- dedicated cricket <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, Jonathan, thanks you, as always for the for the Cisco update. Pleasure, Patrick. Thanks for, very much again, as always, for your time and, and uh, the opportunity to um, to go through this stuff. As always, a big thanks to Jonathan and to Meeting Zone for coming onto the podcast to run me through all of the latest Cisco collaboration updates. There is loads of related content on the website at uctoday.com. So if you head to the site and search for Cisco, you can find it all there. When Cisco released their annual report covering this financial year, we will examine that in more detail to see how the collaboration division is doing as part of Cisco's overall portfolio. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, don't forget, if you like the Out Loud Cisco podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. That's it for today's episode, though. As always, thanks for listening.